Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Brought to you by Silicon Valley Bank. Ideas bank here. I'm Dan Permack. On today's show, escalating treason talk against Google and a Silicon Valley scandal gets settled. But first, Amazon Unprimed. So we're taping this in the midst of Amazon Prime Day, which actually now seems to be Amazon Prime Days, plural, a 48-hour stretch of discounted retail gluttony. Basically, Black Friday goes digital and global, with Amazon expected to generate nearly $6 billion in sales. But not everyone is super excited by the savings, and I'm not just talking here about other retailers. Instead, there's a group of Amazon warehouse workers in Minnesota who've decided to go on strike during the prime days. And that's also happening with workers at seven different facilities in Germany. In both cases, they're protesting low wages, despite Amazon's $15 per hour minimum wage. But the biggest complaints are really about working conditions, including things like item quotas and seemingly punitive bathroom break schedules. Moreover, there are also union protests outside of Amazon facilities elsewhere in Europe this week and other protests in the U.S., including among Amazon workers in Seattle over everything from these worker complaints to the company's deal with U.S. immigration authorities. And there's also a social media campaign to get consumers to boycott Amazon this week, including subsidiaries Zappos and Whole Foods and PillPack. Again, Amazon is on pace to have a record prime day. This thing, from a business perspective, is clearly going to be a huge success. And the protesting workers are just a tiny fraction of the company's global distribution force. But this is the sort of thing that's batting above its weight due to smart social media strategy and because the cause has been adopted by certain Democratic presidential candidates, including Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. It won't hurt sales too much this year, really, if at all, but it is not the sort of thing that Amazon can afford to ignore forever. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios reporter Erica Pandy. But first, this. Silicon Valley Bank strives to provide banking services at your pace. Quick, nimble, and always looking ahead. And when you run into a speed bump, they'll have the insights and expert advice to help guide you through it. Visit svb.com forward slash next to learn more. We're joined now by Erica Pandy, an Axios reporter focused on Amazon. Let's start with this. This isn't the first time there have been Prime Day protests by Amazon workers, correct? They they did this last year, too. Yes. Last year, it was much bigger in the UK. But this year, we saw sort of a significant um, U.S. protest in Minnesota, primarily led by East African workers over there who have been saying that Amazon has discriminated against their, you know, prayer practices and have, you know, been protesting about working conditions in general. You probably know the answer is how many Amazon fulfillment centers there are in the U.S. Suffice to say, lots and lots and lots of them, which is why we can get things over next day constantly. Are you surprised that this protest on Prime Day hasn't spread to other facilities? Yes, definitely. I think if you look at the UK, there are much fewer fulfillment centers over there, but you know, you see a dozen or so participating. Here, there's upwards of I mean close to 200 and you only see one fulfillment center and it's kind of disputed reports as to how many of those people protesting were actually Amazon employees. You know, by some counts it was only 15 actual Amazon employees and the rest were outside groups, unions, and advocacy groups. So, it really hasn't taken off here and if you compare this to the size of protest around Amazon in Queens, when and they picked that site for HQ2, it's really nothing. Is it bigger in Europe? You know, we talked to you know, seven facilities in Germany this week. Is it bigger there simply because labor unions there are bigger and stronger and more organized really than they are at this point in the U.S.? And Amazon obviously is a non-unionized shop still. 
Absolutely. That is the one reason that Amazon employees here are not unionized. Let's talk about two things. So, so there's obviously a complaint about wages and there's always complaints about wages and, and also working conditions. Let's get a little more specific. What really, you know, you talked about the, the prayer and, and we've talked about bathroom breaks. Broadly speaking, what are the biggest kind of Amazon distribution worker complaints about their actual job in terms of what they're forced to do or asked to do? When Amazon went to one day delivery, it was huge. The company said repeatedly, this is not going to mean we want double the productivity from our workers since we're going from two days to one day. But, you know, workers are saying they're expected to pick and pack things at eight or five seconds per item. They're saying we've known that there's only two breaks in the day and then there's a, a third lunch break. There have been complaints from, uh, you know, nursing mothers who say that they you know, have very little flexibility to, uh, you know, go and, and nurse. And so it's the lack of breaks and it's the very little room to to screw up. So, we, you know, we did, I, I visited a fulfillment center in Baltimore a while ago after The Verge came out with a story saying that if you're not in the top 75th percentile of performers, you're immediately on watch. So there really isn't room for mistakes. And I think people feel this pressure day in, day out for these long 10-hour shifts. Amazon's response to this is basically, if we were such a terrible place to work, why do so many people work here? Legit response? Yeah. I mean, you know, in some ways you have to hand it to them. That is a fair point because they've never had any trouble filling their full-time roles. They've never had any trouble getting Tens of thousands of people join for Black Friday and for Prime Day, you know, to extend their workforce. But again, the turnover is really, really high. I think it was the Verge story was, you know, 20 percent or something in a, in a pretty short period of time. And then also analysis we did last year with some of our DevIs folks here at Axios found that in some towns, they employ 30 percent of working adults. Yeah. So they're pretty much the only game in town. It reminds me a little bit, actually, about kind of when there used to be a lot more talk about Walmart than Amazon in terms of employees. And, and they would say, you know, well, why does everybody in the town work at Walmart. The answer was because these are retail employees and there were no other retailers left. Exactly. So let's talk about the politics of this a little bit. Is this something from what you can tell that is gaining resonance among certain parts of the Democratic presidential base? And I, I say that because there's 24, so I think we can segment them out. Bernie Sanders has talked about Elizabeth Warren. Is this getting traction in politics? Yeah, it's, it's really just the two of them, but you know, they're two leading contenders. So I think that definitely bodes well for opponents of Amazon that both of these candidates are saying over and over again, we stand with the workers, we need to take another look at this company. But again, they're doing the same to Walmart, Amazon's chief rival. And I think I think the one thing that concerns that should concern Amazon is just the frequency of these protests, right? Everything Amazon does is now accompanied by a pretty loud protest, whether it's their shareholders meeting in May, whether it's when they pick HQ2 in Queens, when they announce the search. So, you know, every thing that they do is accompanied by a loud response. Erica, final question for you. You know, Amazon obviously made big headlines when it decided to make its uh, minimum wage $15 an hour, which obviously outstrips uh, you know federal U.S. policy. Has there been any move on the working condition side, in other words, softening or, or, or meeting some of these uh, requests from workers to make working conditions better? Not that we've seen from the company. They did announce a $700 million commitment to reskilling. And so I think the long-term vision from Amazon is we're going to make it so that some of these tougher jobs are done by machines and the people are doing the overseeing, but you know, we'll believe it when we see it. Thank you so much, Erica Pandy, who does an amazing job covering Amazon for us here at Axios. My final two right after this. With Silicon Valley Bank, you'll get a banking and financial services partner committed to seeing you through the ups, the downs, and the I'm way in over my head moments. There are also scalable solutions that fit each important stage of the startup journey. Visit svb.com forward slash next to learn more. 
Now it's time for my final two. And first up are escalating charges of treason. Yes, treason against Google for its work in China. This issue was first raised on Sunday night by billionaire venture capitalist and Facebook board member Peter Thiel, who then repeated the charges last night on Fox News. And as is wont to happen with a Fox News appearance, it was then picked up by President Trump, who tweeted out a promise that his administration will investigate. Now, Thiel admits he doesn't have any actual evidence of treason, which is a crime punishable by death. And when asked by Fox, he responded like this. It was just in the form of a set of questions I asked. The bottom line here, Teal is conflating two arguments. The first relates to possible Chinese espionage of big tech companies, which is a legitimate concern, and particularly when it comes to Google, whose AI efforts make it a very juicy target. But then Teal suggests, albeit in the form of questions, that Google management is basically turning a blind eye in order to curry favor with China. Beyond the general red scare specter, it's the sort of thing you've got to be able to back up before going on TV to put it on the president's radar. And finally, private equity firm the Blackstone Group yesterday agreed to buy a San Francisco-based mobile ad marketing company called Vungle for a reported $750 million. Why it matters is that the deal also includes a settlement with Zane Jaffer, Vungle's founder and former CEO, who was suing the company for wrongful termination. The case had gotten lots of attention in Silicon Valley, as Jaffer lost his job in 2017 after being arrested on a host of awful charges, including sexually assaulting his own child, and he was fired basically immediately. But then, more than a year later, Jaffer was exonerated entirely. The charges were made in error, as acknowledged by the district attorney in having them dismissed. Now, Jaffer will get paid out through this Blackstone deal, but he won't get his job back. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great National Corn Fritters Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.